Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What is Northwest Nerd? It's the collector whose pop culture passion took him along an unlikely path to becoming an ordained Jedi minister. I wish I was, say, I'm a diabolical genius and I was going to start this Star Wars church. Not at all. It's the tea blender who can actually taste fandom. I, I make tea for nerds and that is weirdly a real job a person can have. These are the stories that make us nerds. This is Northwest Nerd. Before today's episode, we want to take a minute to thank a couple of our Patreon supporters. Patreon is the way that we keep things running at the Sartorial Geek from doing things like being able to pay to host this podcast and edit it and being able to host our website. So we really appreciate everyone who has gone to patreon.com slash sartorialgeek to help us out. This week, we want to thank Phoenix, Ariel, Tony, Natasha, Alexandria, and Angela. We appreciate you so much. And if you want to join them, head to patreon.com slash sartorialgeek. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, welcome to the Sartorial Geek Podcast. I'm Jordan Denae, and today I am here with Justine Mastin and Larissa Garski. How are you guys? Yeah, so excited to be here. So good. <clears throat> Despite the frog in my throat. so the reason you're here is to talk about a book that is coming out that you both wrote but also you have been recording the audiobook for it I was saying before we started recording that I I was a little nervous I wouldn't have a voice this morning (laughs) that's fair yeah but indeed you do but it's here it's here it's a little gravelly for both of us but still (laughs) present (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because uh, recording an audiobook is no small task. That is like hours and hours and hours of reading. Yeah, and you think that when you wrote the book that you wouldn't flub any lines, right? This, these are your words, but no, no, it's it was flub city over there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were some words we actually had to look up because we didn't know how to pronounce them. <laughs> That's the thing about, like, I do that sometimes too. You think you got it. And then the minute you have to say something out loud while other people are listening, it's like, oh no, (laughs) what if I don't know what this word is? (laughs) That's so real. Well, the book is called Starship Therapies, Using Therapeutic Fan Fiction to Rewrite Your Life, which is also the title of the podcast that you guys have together. Well, Starship Therapies is. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about the book and like what led you to write it? Larissa, will you go? I'm coughing. Oh, sure. Okay. Long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away, I was leaving Justine to the wilds of Minnesota. We had worked together for quite some time and I was moving to Chicago, which is where I still am. And before I moved over a plate of pasta and many tears, we were like, we need to do something that we can do sort of like across state lines and virtually to keep us connected and that we'll continue to build on our love of therapy and fandom. And that was the beginning, the very, very beginning, like a little seedling of an idea that turned into our book, which is all about using the power of fandom and psychotherapy to rewrite your life and to be the change that you want to see in yourself and in your world. Oh, that was so great. And it gave me a chance to have a complete coughing fit. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Great. (laughs) Jordan, since your listeners 
probably don't know us. We're both severe asthmatics. Oh, so this has been not a stressful time of life at all for anyone. (laughs) Right. Right. On top of just, you know, the everyday fear of uh, existence, contracting a deadly respiratory disease, all the talking with our clients and our audiobook, And that's a lot to ask the lungs to right. do. So right. we're, we're doing our best over here. <laughs> no, we sure great. are. And then I guess just to tell everyone, you are also both therapists. So you like know what you're talking about. Yes. I'm so glad that you added that in Jordan, because that might have been very confusing to folks if we've gotten 20 minutes into this. And then we're like, (laughs) oh, by the way, we're licensed marriage and family therapists with over a decade of experience between the two of us. (laughs) You add us both together, you're you're nearing 20 years. Right. We're like a mega therapist together, like a a mega gemstone or something from Mm -hmm. Steven Universe. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, no, that's great, though, because you can tell, you know, like there is a difference between like just general self-help and then like someone who has studied (laughs) and has a basis for like, this isn't just your idea of what you think will help someone. This is, you know, based in actual therapy and you guys are experts in this. Yeah. And really it's from working with our clients that we get pretty much everything that's in that book. It's thing, you know, interventions we have tried and they worked consistently over time with people. It's very cool to be able to share the interventions that have worked for our clients with this broader audience who would not make their way into our therapy offices. Yeah, I think something that's really cool too is like, as someone who's in fandom, I often hear people talking about like the different ways that fandom has helped them and writing fanfic and rewatching shows and like connecting to characters. And I think for people who are both interested in seeing like your ideas about what to do, but then also people who have maybe experienced this, but don't have like, the words to explain what they've noticed or like, you know, they want the vocabulary to be able to, I guess, like put their life experience into actual like therapeutic ideas. I feel like this is very cool for that. Yeah. And our hope is that fandom folks can read this book. It helps them and they can take it to their therapist and say, please read this so that you can understand me better in the event that their therapist isn't steeped in fandom. That is still a new idea in the therapy world. We're still very much strange creatures (laughs) in our field. There's more of it, but I absolutely will still talk to a group of therapists about the importance of incorporating modern mythologies, which is what I call pop culture stories. And they're like, "Uh, pop culture in the therapy room? Are you sure you have degrees? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. And, you know, this isn't the only industry where it does feel like, you know, sometimes there's this idea that like nerdy things or pop culture is like for kids or like not serious or something. And that's just not correct. <laughs> so. Right. Well, and it's a both end too. I mean, this business of if it's not, whether or not it's serious, I mean, it is serious. It does seriously help people. But there's also the other side of it that therapy doesn't have to be all serious all the time. It can be playful and whimsical and funny. I mean, I'm trying to figure out how to say this because I wouldn't want any potential therapist listeners to feel sort of called out or criticized by this. It's not how I mean it. But if we don't have play, if we're not bringing in anything from media or pop culture, sometimes therapy can start to feel almost a little boring. Yeah, I don't mind calling people out. They're much more (laughs) mindful than I am. Yeah, I think we in our culture do not give nearly enough voice to the importance of play 
for everyone at all ages. There's that quote from Mr. Rogers that I'm going to butcher that is something to the effect of play is the work of children. And like, yes, it is. And also it is the meaning making of adults. Yes, that's so well said. And I think like one of the things I love about fandom is that it is sort of this instant connection or like, you know, you can drop a character's name and then it brings in, you know, decades of story that you don't have to tell. And I imagine that is like incredibly helpful as a therapy tool or even just a communication tool that like... It's a shortcut to understanding. If you tell me that you're a Destiel shipper, which I am, (laughs) I'm talking about myself, I've been eyeing up that Destiel trash shirt you have. (laughs) That gives me so much information about that other human that it might have taken three sessions for them to explain to me. But, you know, telling me they have this strong connection to both Dean Winchester and Castiel and put them together. Like, yeah, okay. I understand a lot about your psyche just from that information. Yeah. Well, and it also, it brings in the power of spoken language in a way that, I mean, obviously we're not sorceresses. We're not doing magic on clients, but in terms of like finding powerful objects of symbolism or finding words that evoke powerful feeling, we are doing a kind of magic. And one of the things that I found to be so fascinating and frankly, just like totally cool is that I will sometimes bring up a phrase from fandom, like one of my most favorite quotes from one of my most favorite series is the magicians and different characters in that TV show will say the line magic comes from pain. And I have used that phrase when helping clients process trauma. And it is just as effective with a client who is a huge fan of the magicians as it is to a client who's not a big fan of the magicians, but for whom fandom is important because there is this innate openness and understanding to the real transformative power that language has. That's so cool. I'm so excited that this book exists. Can you tell me about like some of the parts of this book or like what you actually go into and what the different chapters are and like what kinds of stuff people will find when they pick up your book? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll vamp for a minute and give Larissa a chance to actually pull up the chapters because I know that you have those handy. But, you know, some of the stuff we get into is we explain therapeutic fan fiction, what we mean by it. We go into the history of fanfic, you know, how Slash was born and all that. We also talk about one of my absolute favorite topics in the whole world, which is social constructionism. That is one of your absolute favorite topics. It is one of my absolute favorite topics, which if you're new to this, folks at home, social constructionism is questioning the social norms we see all around us. And basically asking, how do they serve us? How do they harm us? And we believe that they are true until we start to question them and go, oh, I was told this was true, but I don't actually believe it. You know, a lot of this stuff is around bodies and food. You know, we're told something like carbs are bad and we take that as an absolute truth. But if you sit with it for a minute, are carbs a moral bad? Like, is broccoli a moral good? I don't believe food is sentient. I don't believe certain types of things before they become food are sentient. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But in my example of broccoli and carbs. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) But thank you for naming that (laughs) as a decades long vegetarian. But if we start to question it, we can go, wait, I reject that. I reject that carbs are bad. I feel that carbs are neutral. 
They are a nutrient. And doing that with each and every aspect of our life, which can feel a little bit exhausting, is also so freeing. You know, there are all these beliefs that you think are true that you can just let go of. I don't need that one anymore. I don't have to worry about eating this bread. I don't have to think about it. I love that. I had never heard that before. So I'm learning new things already. That's awesome. Ah, social constructionism. So Larissa, did I vamp long enough for you to pull up what some of the other chapters are? You did. And I just, I want to kind of like add on to your vamping here. Beautiful. Because if you're really down with the phrase social constructionism as a listener, wonderful. We support you and salute you. But in the book, we try to make it more fun because that's kind of our deal. And so we have renamed it the Westworld Construct very much pulled from HBO's Westworld, which is a show about a park that is entirely constructed and made by humans. And we picked that phrase to stand in for social constructionism for maybe some obvious reasons, because so much of our society and our culture, as you just said, Justine, has been created just like the Westworld park. And while that can be overwhelming and sometimes even horrifying, I think it can also be really freeing because it, it's such a wonderful reminder that if something huge and systemic in our society isn't working, like the police force, we can change it. We can do something different. We have that power and that ability. And I feel like that's an important and like big topic in general, but I feel like that's a lot of fandom stories are about, you know, a lot of sci-fi and a lot of like alternate universe, alternate reality, alternate, it's picturing what happens when you take something that you think is a standard and and make a difference. So that seems like a perfect fit. Yeah, totally. When I first started going to conventions and teaching yoga, I'm also a yoga teacher, and I started going to conventions teaching yoga before I started, you know, speaking more about mental health and holistic wellness. I tried to express to folks like, I know this feels weird because there's never been yoga at a convention before, but nerds are masters at questioning their reality. And why are we accepting this mainstream wellness narrative that tells us nerds don't deserve well-being? And we have been masters of questioning social constructs over time. Kirk and Uhura, the first interracial kiss on TV. That was nerds. Nerds did that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Gene Roddenberry was a big old nerd. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's definitely something I've, I have learned so much about different ways to live and different ways to view things and basically like rethinking a lot of what I just thought was like the way things just always are because of fandom and conventions and meeting new people. And I'm so thankful for that. But I think this is like the perfect community (laughs) to have those conversations (laughs) in, which is very cool. I'll throw it right back over to you, Larissa, one sec. And, you know, pulling in my background as a yoga teacher, each one of our chapters ends with a fandom yoga sequence or a meditation. (gasps) I love that. Accompanied by the cutest art. If you, listener, are a convention goer, when we could still go to conventions, there's an artist named Jay Salvador Ramos. He does a series of art he calls Super Emo Friends. I love Super Emo Friends. I've sold next to I've sold next to them a bunch. Um, mm-hmm. That is so cool. Yep. So Jay did the art. So you can expect adorable little Super Emo style characters. You know, little Super Emo style Arya Stark doing yoga with her sword. Uh, I didn't know that before. I'm so happy. <laughs> and like, of course, I'm partial because it's our book. But I think we have like the best hero's journey graphic ever. 
done by Jay. And I'm not going to spoil it by revealing the fandom because I think it'll be a fun surprise. But like, I think it was one of the first ones that he did. And when he sent it to us, Justine and I just totally lost our minds because it is so adorable and just the perfect synthesis of what we're trying to talk about in this book, which is healing through whimsy and fandom and fun. I can't wait to find out what it is. <laughs> That's so yeah. awesome. So, Larissa, will you tell the folks a few more of the chapter headings, like some other stuff we talk about? Absolutely. In terms of social constructionism and all we just said about that, that's in chapter two. We spend a lot of time fanficking some tried and true therapeutic tools. So for example, if listeners are at all familiar with narrative therapy and one of their tools about externalizing the problem, so the idea that the person isn't the problem, the problem is the problem. While that's very true and resonant and we find it very helpful in our work, it's not super exciting. And so we made it exciting by combining it with gremlins yeah, <laughs> and looking at anxiety as a series of gremlins that sprout when you're not following your own personal self-care instructions. So how can you learn what your self-care instructions are? They might be different from gizmos, but if you follow them, you can keep the gremlins safe and or completely prevent them from sprouting at all. I love that so much. So much more fun. Yeah, so much more fun. <laughs> and of course, there's an entire yoga sequence featuring Billy Pulitzer and his gremlin friends and, you know, how to find some relaxation while putting your anxiety gremlins back in your literal or metaphorical basket. I've always enjoyed yoga, but that's been one of the like grounding things in this quarantine chaos where I started doing yoga on Zoom with a couple friends every morning. So this is going to be like my favorite. <laughs> None of it's nerdy. So this will be a really fun addition to be able to do nerdy yoga. I'm so excited. Well, and we also, if you buy the book, there's a link and a password inside to our brand new, beautiful website, starshiptherapies.com, where when you put in the password, you can watch videos of Justine doing every yes. single yoga sequence yes. and also guiding you through every single fandom-centered meditation. That is so good. I'm so glad you said that. I feel like that's such a <laughs> that's such a good selling point. I love that. You know, sometimes you just don't want to do yoga alone. Yeah. And so you can log on and do it with this weirdo. And just a tiny teaser, the director who I worked with had a literal sword that he let me borrow for the Arya Stark sequence. <laughs> yeah, that's so right. <laughs> I am yogaing with a literal sword. Luckily, no one else was around. <laughs> Well, that's so good. Bring your own props. (laughs) (laughs) And I do feel like, you know, different people learn different ways. So I'm sure there are some people who prefer to meditate from like a written thing, but I tend to do all of that better with video. So that is a really, really cool option that you don't normally get with books. So (laughs) thank you for doing that. (laughs) Absolutely. As well, the other thing that I would be remiss if I didn't mention, we didn't talk about is that each chapter concludes with, as Justine said, either a yoga sequence or a meditation sequence. And it also has its very own fanfic case study. So if you're a therapist and you're listening, you're really familiar with case studies that you had to read in school, which is like a synopsis of a client and what they're like, they're presenting issues and then how a therapist was trying to help treat them basically. Well, we use a lot of the fanfic tools that we're attempting to teach folks in the book in a literal fanfiction story that involves Justine and I doing therapy with a character from fandom. So we have a fanfic case study for Link, 
We have, I think, one of Justine's favorites. I'm actually going to let you talk about it, Justine, because I know you love it so much. Yes, I got to do therapy with Dean Winchester. That's excellent. And it was everything I hoped it could be and more. Uh, (laughs) We definitely have some Supernatural fan listeners. So (laughs) if there are SPN fans in the crowd, let me tell you, throughout the book, we talk a lot about Supernatural because it's a big fandom of ours. But doing that case study was just so fun because I got to embody Dean as we were typing it. And now I get to embody him as we're reading it aloud. Get to do my Dean impression, (laughs) Uh, which has really just sparked a ton of joy for me. I think folks are really going to enjoy the fanfic case studies, even if you're thinking to yourself, I'm not in that fandom. Will I enjoy it? Like, I think you will. And I also just feel like that's half of the conversations I have at conventions is like analyzing characters and, and, you know, none of us are therapists, but like that's, we love talking about like who does what and why and what we can relate to. So yeah, I think that's awesome. I love it. I'm so excited. People can pre-order the book now and it comes out on the nerdiest day of, well, is it, I feel like the nerdiest day of the year. One of the nerdiest days of the year. The most widely accepted nerd day of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so this book is out May 4th and it's available for pre-order until then if you're listening before May 4th or you can just purchase it afterwards. And like we said, it's available as an, or is the audiobook available then too or those come out later? Audiobook will come out a little bit later, late June, I think. The audiobook takes just a little bit longer because we're, you know, making it later. Yeah. Yeah. Plus they, they just take a long time. So yeah, they just, it just takes a long time. There's lots of editing. <laughs> I invite you to pick up a, a virtual copy that you can listen to and a literal copy that you can hold in your hands. You know, it's there whenever you need it, whether you want to listen or hold the book in your hands. Cause we do have in there, you know, some writing prompts, like questions for reflection. And there's a coloring sheet at the end, a beautiful mandala coloring sheet. Yeah. Which is all Jay's art in a mandala. Yeah. It's real cute. Come for the therapy. Stay for the cute buddies. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Where are you guys? um, Because you're all over the internet too. So if someone gets the book and wants more, you have a podcast and a bunch of other things. Starship Therapies with an S, just like the enterprise.com. You can find our podcast info about the book. You will be able to get access to those videos once you buy the book and get the code. You can find me, Justine, at blueboxcounseling.com, where I have decided that I didn't want to charge for my yoga classes anymore. So you have access to every virtual yoga class I have recorded for free wow. on that website. Wow. So note to you, Jordan, in your morning yeah, yoga class. Now I can do nerdy yoga. <laughs> I'm so happy <laughs> before the book comes out. <laughs> yep. You got an assortment of choices. I've got also some meditations on there and some self-care talks. So you get a little bit of a teaser of some of the stuff that's in the book, just that I've recorded for people, for my clients to be able to watch. And then if you want to find me on the social medias, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Mind Body Fandom, because I take a holistic approach to healing mind, body, and fandom. And then for me, I would say the best place to find me is going to be at all of our Starship Therapies affiliated spots, 
So our fabulous website, starshiptherapies.com and our Instagram, which I always forget where the underscores are. It's starship underscore therapies. Beautiful starship underscore therapies. And then if for some reason you are tooling around Twitter and you're like, I really want to see what Larissa thinks about all of the Dragon Age video games, you can find me at Spox All Ears on Twitter. Those are such good names. I love all of you. Thank you both so much for chatting with me today. I'm so excited for this book and for it to be a resource available in the world so soon. I think I think tons of fans are going to love this. And thank you both for writing it and for hanging out today. Thank you so much, Jordan. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to our episode. If you want to hear more like this, you can subscribe to the Sartorial Geek Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help us out, you can leave us a rating or a review or head to patreon.com slash sartorialgeek. Thank you so much. Have a great day.